while I run be gone. Smoke it, calling gold chain, swinging left, right. Where the piano me found, my dad get right. Dang, dang, and cheese, Listen to Ink Studs, uh, and my guest this week is Helen Joe. Uh, Helen's latest book is Issue 2 of Frontier, uh, published by uh, Youth in Decline, Ryan Sands' new publishing outfit, as well as Gin and Jam from Spark Plug many moons ago. But you have a mini comic version that you self published too, right? Yeah, um, it went out of print a couple years ago, so I've just been reprinting it myself. I looked on. Uh, I was just doing research for this, and I saw it on Amazon for, like, $35. Yeah, that listing has been up there for years, like, before the book went out of print. And I, I don't really know what kind of math or appraisal methods they use to come to that figure. Because it's not, it's like, it's barely worth the paper it's printed on. It's like, you know, it's a 5 $3 comic. Uh, I think it's worth sticker price. Let's let's give yourself oh. a little credit. <laughs> Thank you. It's definitely worth five bucks. <laughs> um, as well as those comics and art, um, there's lots of paintings uh, that folks have been seeing online a lot. And Helen currently works on Steven Universe, um, one of those fabulous uh, Cartoon Network TV shows that seem to be snatching up cartoonists with glee. Mm-hmm. Um, how you doing, Helen? I'm doing really well, thanks. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. I guess we already covered that before we started. <laughs> it. That is a terrible opening question, Robin. Um, <laughs> I guess I want to start out with talking a little bit about your influences. Um, when I was looking at uh, Gin and Jam, uh, you 
you, uh, I think it was a quote uh, from Black and White by Teo Matsumoto. Yes. And I can kind of feel those those two kids as kind of an underbelly in a bunch of your work. And I'm wondering about that specific book that really, like, sunk into you. Yeah, um, I think Black and White was the first manga I ever read that I actually really liked. Um, and... I mean, I hadn't really read much manga before that, maybe just like some Ranma when I was a kid. But, uh, I don't know, the story is amazing. It's, I just really like stories about friendship <laughs> <laughs> and, and misfits. And it's, you know, it's an ode to two kids who rely on each other mm-hmm. while they're living in the streets in like a semi-magical world. And I just found it really appealing and it's like, oh, I want to kind of do, I want to do things in a semi-magical world with angry kids. I'm an angry kid, but I don't live in the streets, but I could do stories about those kids. Um, How old were you when you first read that book? I mean, I was... um, I just started college, so I was probably 18. Now, you originally didn't go to college for art. You went for German, I think it was? Yes, I was a German major and a women's studies... I was an intended women's studies double major, um, but I was doing comics at the time as well, and I spent more time doing comics than going to class, so I ended up dropping out. Did you, um, <clears throat> did your doing comics kind of, with going into college, did it kind of build up and get more and more, or were you always really active up to that point doing comics? Um, well, I never did them before college. I went to UC Berkeley. And there just happened to be lots of really cool cartoonists living in Berkeley. Mm-hmm. And so after I moved there for school, I, s- I just started, I would read zines all the time. They were really new to me. So I started making a lot of them. <clears throat> and then after I dropped out, I put out my first like really big zine, uh, Paralysis. That's like a really big deal for me. It's like, oh my God, I finished, you know, a 50 page comic and I'm going to, self-publish it and silk screen the cover and do all that shit and torture myself um yeah that all happened like right after i dropped out yeah the first time (laughs) was it really freeing for yourself to kind of let go of like a certain like expectation or direction um yes and kind of find something that felt more i guess yes holistic yeah, I, yeah. I guess holistic is a really good word. <laughs> I, I mean, I was doing comics because I was struggling in school, really, really. I was doing really poorly. I just had no interest in any of my classes. I mean, I liked learning German, but I just didn't care to get a degree in it or just like finish anything. I'm not good at finishing stuff. I'm a really bad student. Um, and comics were kind of like a—they're the only thing that I really enjoyed doing. Maybe because I didn't have to, but I just liked doing them. Were you always drawing, or did you draw a lot as a kid? Yeah, I have, there are like photos of me as like a two or three year old drawing on those uh, dot matrix printer paper real things. Oh yeah, the striped green paper. Yeah, I don't have any of that. I mean, I don't know where it all went. Probably in the garbage. But I've been drawing since since babyhood. <laughs> now you. Um kind of getting into comics, who were some of the folks that you were connecting with at that point that was, like, getting you excited to make Um, comics and say screw it to German? You mean connecting with, like, uh, people that I'd actually, like, met, or just the people I was inspired by? Maybe both. Both? Okay. Well, let's see. The the books I was really... The comics I I was really inspired by were kind of, like, all the 90s greats. Like, I... I remember reading um, the the Love and Rockets book, the the Death of Speedy, mm-hmm. at the at Cody's bookstore, and I just read it at the bookstore. It was so good. I'd never read a, a comic like that before, and then I bought it. Um, I mean, it was the same for I think I read Ghost World and like a Velvet Glove cast in Iron at the same time. And also, Black Hole was coming out in in like as a serial at the time. It was just like a really good time to get into comics for the first time because all this weird new stuff was out there. It, it, it new to me because I didn't know anything. 
Um, I love that shit, and I love that um, all the car- comic book stores in Berkeley carried zines, which I'd also never seen before college. So I'd buy tons of those, and like a lot of them I really disliked. I thought they were ugly or like super contrived, or the stories were just really stupid. And I'm like a really hateful person, so I was like, I'm gonna do better. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna one up these dudes with their shitty shit. I'm gonna make my own zine. And like my first few zines are horrible. They're all terrible. I'll never reprint them. And like every time someone if I'll go visit an old friend, the pop they'll bring it up and be like, Hey, look what I have and it's like go throw that away immediately, burn it out. <laughs> I don't wanna look at it. It's horrible. <laughs> and then like um on the I guess on the on the other hand of that, living in Berkeley was awesome because I came into contact with people like um Jason Chica, Jean Yang, uh Derek Kirk Kim, Lark Pian, uh Jesse Recklaw, um I mean, that's just a start. Rina Yang. There's so many cartoonists who are already making zines. Mm-hmm. And they were, they're all a little older than I am. And I would go to art nights and hang out with them. And it's just like, wow, these people are giving comics, um, like, all the time. Like, they don't... It's not just some weird hobby that they do or they hide from their parents or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, um, it's just really cool to see them so involved in art and treating it like their purpose. And that was really weird and cool to me. And you started showing pretty quickly in Giant Robot in the group shows, right? Yeah, I mean, that was until years after I dropped out and I moved to San oh, okay. Francisco. I, I think at, in the beginning, I was... Uh, I would send stuff to Giant Robot, but the zines that I'd made at the time were like, like I said, they're really, really bad. So they'd just be like, oh yeah, keep trying. <laughs> <laughs> You can and then do after, it. Yeah, you can you can do it. And I would see like Eric and Martin, Eric Nakamura and Martin Wong around because they would just do a lot of shows in the Bay Area. Um, and then after I did Paralysis, I said that to them, and Eric was like, "Hey, you should you should do some art. You should do paintings and try that out." And I, which I was doing, so I did some group shows then. And that was like the mid two thousands, I think. What was Paralysis about? Because I'm presuming I'll never see a copy if I don't have a copy. Oh yeah, oh man! If I ever find a copy, I'll send you one. <laughs> it's um, the only reason I never reprint it is because the cover is screen printed, and I really hate screen printing with a vengeance. It's like the worst activity in the world. I hate it. <laughs> um, but it's a comic about it's a horror comic about these. Huh? I can't even remember. It's about these three kids, teenagers, uh, two boys and one girl. Both of the boys like the girl. Um, but one of the boys is using the power of sleep paralysis to torment the other two. Um, sleep paralysis and, like, identity stealing, I think. Okay. Yeah. I think I reread it once a few years ago, and it's like, man, everything I put out is just embarrassing. <laughs> but I, you know, I was really proud of it at the time, and I, I think I still am. It was, it was, like, the first time I attempted something longer than just a few pages. Why do you feel like if you reprinted it, you'd have to do a silt screen cover again? I guess I wouldn't have to. <laughs> um, I just, I, I, I tend to like, uh, usually when I do, I tend to leave the past in the past. I don't mean to, but I'm, I'm kind of like a, uh, it's a really bad personality flaw. Like I can't maintain friendships for more than like, say, you know, two and a half, three years because I never call people back because I'm horrible. I'm a horrible person. And I'm kind of the same with my comics. Like, once I'm done with it, it's like, okay, I'm over this. I'm never going to reprint it. It's uh, interesting, like, looking... going. I went through your site last yeah. night. Um, I went through the blog, and, you know, starts in 2007. And it, it's really interesting to see um, not only the growth, but also the change in your work. Yeah. And, I, and, and I'm really curious about that, like, the kind of kind of disconnect like there are kind of periods of of helen joe like gin and jam is very different from where you're at now yeah um i think i i always try to be really sincere when i'm writing comics i know that sounds like stupid or whatever but um i and i feel like i'm always trying to be a less bad person and so my my personal philosophy changes constantly. 
like the uh, the way I my principles I guess like the way I think I should treat myself or view myself or the way I should relate to other people and that in turn totally affects my writing or the things that I find important to write about um, like my my very like my first three or four zines were all autobio zines mm-hmm. and then after I did those like right after I did those I dropped out of school and it was like I should stop being selfish and egotistical because like no one gives a shit who cares it's like oh I like the boy and then I did a comic so what so then I was like okay I'm gonna try to do you know horror stories because they have content and they're like they're kind of like metaphors for other things like adolescent struggles or whatever uh, so I did that and then and then I went through this thing this phase where I was like man I'm just taking myself too seriously now look at these dramatic stories god what's my problem so then I was like okay I'll do like a coming of age thing that's serious but it can be lighthearted and you know it it deals with the tenderness of youth blah 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 so I did gin and jam and then like I struggle I've been struggling for like I don't know, like six years to do the second one, because now it's just like, uh, who cares about anything? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I'm just like too nihilistic about um, my work. So then I just started doing more paintings, and I like paintings. I like because um, I like illustration that's kind of narrative, where you know that something's going on, but it's all really vague, and like yeah. people can, the most people can do is just project their own, like you know, fantasies or their own story on top upon the image and i like that because then i it's it's less responsibility for me like i'll just put out an you know a narrative illustration a painting that i really like and like you can think it's about you know the lgbt struggle and then like it totally wasn't but it can be and that's fine (laughs) with me you can co-opt it that's okay yeah exactly and I, i kind of like giving that to it's like it feels like i'm doing a service or i mean not a service but I don't know. I like. I just like leaving it more open ended. Yeah. And then, you, and then that makes comics harder because then it's like, oh, I have to write an actual story with a resolution. Uh, <laughs> and now, I, now I just find it really difficult. <laughs> well, that's one of the neat things with the the Frontier book, um, with like the Ship Twins and the Cho Sisters, is you kind of just you're kind of just seeing a world and just mm-hmm. seeing these different characters, and you kind of got to make the story up for yourself. You you. It, the map looks like it's supposed to be LA. Oh yeah, it's, the front. it's totally LA. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just presumably speaking. And then there's uh, what the one in the back that's supposed to be San Francisco. Oh no, it's it's actually if you pull if you like ripped all the pages. Oh, out okay. It's, it's a continuous map of LA County, and also including you know like Burbank and Studio City, all the parts oh, of okay. not LA. <laughs> Look at that. I can't even open a book properly. No, I'm it's sorry, cool. Sorry, Helen. Like, you know, like I said, if you, wanted to, if you wanted to believe it was San Francisco, that's completely fine with me. <laughs> um, one of the most striking things for me about your work, and I didn't even really think about it until I was, this is probably about three or four years ago, um, mm-hmm. I was showing your paintings to a co-worker of mine who's a kind of fine arts painter, and he was really fascinated and really drawn into the composition oh, of cool. your paintings and that's something i'm really curious about putting them together like it seems very purposeful of how you play these characters together mm-hmm. um yeah i think i mean that's something i learned in art school which i also dropped out of <laughs> but uh, i you know i learned some valuable shit there like um and uh one of the things i remember learning is like you know composition illustrator good illustrators they plan it all out and I really dislike that idea. Like, I like to build a composition. Yeah. Um, like well, that's yeah. why it takes me so long to paint anything or draw anything. Because I, I need to build it while I'm drawing it. And, uh, you know, I feel like only through trial and error can I reach, like, a, like a composition of a painting that's like, really satisfying but also mysterious and maybe has some kind of narrative. Um, you know, like, constantly adding more elements like I'll start inking it but then I'll continue to add things in pencil and erase them and try to change things I had, one of the things about the composition is it almost has like a classical quality <laughs> to, to yeah. some of the layouts um, yeah one... I... uh-huh. no go ahead Sorry. <laughs> you're ready yeah, to jump I... in do it <laughs> I just like uh, I do like the, you know like the classical rules of composition like the rule of three the rule of thirds the golden mean all that shit 
because um, you know that stuff does make a, like balanced images, or or you can use those rules to create imbalanced images, which can also be really powerful. And like, uh, yeah, I like. I mean, I feel like you know who am I to throw away these established rules of art? Like, all they can do is help me and help my help me create like an image that people can relate to and understand. Like, um, like one of my big things about comic, one of my big uh, comic principles is, the reason I like comics is because they're accessible to everybody and I feel the same way about illustration. illustration. Like I would like it to be, my images to be accessible to everyone. And like classical compositions, they're just easier for everybody to understand. Even if they don't understand like the content, if a composition is like something kind of familiar, then it's like okay, I can I can kind of parse out what's going on here. It can uh, be read easily. Yeah, it's like it's almost like a it's a more standard language, I guess. Like not that I don't, not that I dislike like abstract or non-narrative images. Like I love that stuff too. For me, I I want people to be able to understand at least some basic something about whatever it is I'm drawing. Were there any particular painters when you're uh, going through your art school period um, mm -hmm. that stuck out to you that like you really grafted onto these ideas of the composition from? Yeah, well at the time there was a really big Liu Xiaodong um, exhibition at the Asian Art Museum in San Francisco. He's like a modern Chinese painter does like portraits, landscapes, lots of paintings of figures. And um, I really, I really loved his work. I still love his work. And um, he would do like classical compositions, but like a lot of them would have really strange perspectives that didn't work in real life. Um, uh, and it, it was clear like he would just build the composition based on, you know, his models and based on uh, maybe like photo reference or just like images that he liked. And he would just he would do the same thing, like he would just build up on top of it, on top of the painting. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know, I really like that. And the figures are always like, they're always at rest. They always look really thoughtful or introspective or like they just did something. You know, they either like they just stopped fighting with someone or they just had a meal or whatever. Like you can, it's like a big, a nice narrative quality. And I kind of, I really liked that a lot. Now you, uh, we mentioned earlier you're working on Steven Universe, and then you previously worked on um, regular show. Yep. Tell me about that move to L.A. to this, like, working in the cartoon industry um, affected your work mm -hmm. um, with your painting work. Um, is, there, mm -hmm. is there kind of a, a go-along with it of what you're covering or whatnot. Yeah, well, I guess the main thing about work is that it takes up so much of my time and mental energy that I just paint and draw way less, like, of my own work. Mm -hmm. um, and I've actually tried to, like, actively not let anything I do at work affect the way I draw. But, I mean, if anything, it's actually improved a lot of skills that I didn't really have before. Um... Like, I, on Steven, I'm a storyboard artist. On regular show, I was a storyboard artist for four boards, and I also did storyboard revisions. And um, in, te in, in television animation, when you're working on an 11-minute show, you have to turn around a storyboard with your partner in four or five weeks. You basically have to do, like, uh, like 300 drawings yourself every month. And then you have to clean them up. So you're actually doing, like... You clean them up, you revise them based on notes, you're doing like seven, eight hundred drawings a month. Like small, shitty drawings, but um, you have to thumbnail really quickly. And it is, doing that has actually helped me do comics faster. I mean, no one's has seen these comics, but they're there. Like, I promise you they exist. And, uh, <laughs> I, and uh, I've actually been getting them done more quickly, which, which makes the writing happen more quickly, too, because I'm planning it faster. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's like a really big bonus from from working in television. Uh, but drawing style-wise, I don't like. 
mean, I spent a long time, like two years, really like, I don't know if I mastered it, but I tried to get as close to I could to like the perfect regular show model, character model drawings. Mm-hmm. But, you know, my drawings look nothing like that. And they never will. I, like There will never be crossover between them. They're just two separate things. And then um, I think S- Steven Universe, it's a little easier to draw for me because it, they're, they're all human characters. They're not like, you know, birds and raccoons and stuff. But at the same time, the drawing style is also completely different from my own. Yeah. And like, I feel like I'm so set in my ways, illustration-wise, that I probably, I, I don't see it really changing my comic style or my illustration style. But, uh, yeah. How much um, creativity do you get out in, say, an episode that you storyboard? Like, how much oh. of that finished product is, like, that? that's, that's Helen Joe? Um, we get, we get a lot, uh, a lot of the shows at Cartoon Network, the, the shows are premise-based storyboarding, which means, uh, we, all the shows have writers, but the writers just write, like, they write short outlines, like two-page outlines for each episode, and the storyboard artist, it's up to the storyboard artist to basically write all the dialogue, all of the jokes, map out all the action, and also do all the drawings. Um, so, I mean, the creativity is pretty big. I get to, you know, we, we have to pitch twice. We get to pitch all of our terrible and great jokes, and a lot of my jokes get through. <laughs> Almost a lot, like, you know, we, we'll write stuff, and then the writers and the creators and the directors of the show will help us, you know, make it funnier or better. And so in the end, like, a lot of the drawings and the dialogue and the jokes, they're ours. Like, you look at it, and, like, that's what I drew. I Obviously, you know, someone went and cleaned it up, and then they colored it, and they animated it, but uh, a lot of what you see on the screen is is the storyboard artist uh, is like according to what the storyboard artist mapped out, and it's awesome. It's like it's awesome and it's really scary because you would think that having like you know forty people between you and television broadcast would make it you know a thousand times more polished, but oftentimes <laughs> like watch the you do the storyboard, and nine months later you watch the episode, and you're like, oh, God, that drawing got through. That looks so horrible. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. And, <laughs> uh, so it's it's kind of scary, but it's also really cool. Um, and my storyboard partner is actually Lamar Abrams. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, like, he's so awesome. Like, working with him is amazing. He's so funny. He's a really good storyboard artist. And um, you guys have known each other for a while. I was looking through and on uh, on Ryan's Electric Ant thing. <laughs> had a thing where you guys were drawing each other's stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, what, yeah. like, four years ago, three years ago? Yeah, I think it was about four or four and a half years ago. Yeah. A while ago. Did you do animation at all before uh, working for Cartoon Network? No. I mean, I made some animated GIFs of, like, Lady Gaga and stuff, but I... <laughs> I, I, I And I, I took, like, you know, intro to animation in school, but I didn't really animate anything ever. Uh... I didn't really know anything about it. You just got hired on your mad skills. Yeah. Well, I I I got hired because like um, at the time my boyfriend Calvin Wong, you know he he was one of the first people Cartoon Network hired out of comics to do storyboards, and um, it was just like a lucky thing. Like I kept uh, regular show had picked up his comic and my comic at the same time from Dylan Williams at Comic-Con from the Sparkplug table, and um, they they offered Calvin a job and he took it, and I was like, oh no, I'm still in school, I can't take a job, blah, 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 and then I dropped out, because who cares, and <clears throat> they heard I dropped out, and they're like, oh, you want a revisionist position, or we really need a revisionist, so I just took it, because I was so broke, <laughs> and, it was, and I was really apprehensive, like, oh, I don't know if I want to work in animation, I just want to do comics for the rest of my life. But at the same time, it was like, well, if I do comics for the rest of my life, I'll probably starve. I don't want to starve. I want to eat well. So I started working, and it turned out to be, like, pretty okay. <laughs> now, you're in Burbank, um, mm-hmm. and the Frontier Issue, as we mentioned earlier, takes place in L.A. Um, yes. How has that relocation from being um, in the Bay Area, now down in L.A., um, changed at all? Um, kind of what you're covering because I feel like there's a certain like 
life's a lot different there. There's less, yeah. like, it's not immediate home. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, for one thing, I feel like the reference material in L.A. is just way stronger because there are so many more angry teenagers in Los Angeles. It's just a bigger city. Um, like, youth culture here is just huge. You know, there's, like, tons of skaters. There are kids all over the place who look older than they are, and they all look really scary, and it's awesome. Um, and so... Do you go out and, like, sketch them and take photos, like a creep or something? Or? I mean, yeah, I totally, I totally do draw them like a creep. I try, I, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. you know, it, actually, a lot of the time, like, I'll just, you know, if I'm driving around and I see someone, I'll, like, stare at them and then commit it to memory and then draw them later and be like, they'll never see this. Of course, you know, maybe they'll see it on Tumblr, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's pretty uh, crazy. Grimes tumbled your thing today. Yeah, that was... That's like the Grimes is like the epitome, epitome of youth culture. Like having so having a retumble in my work is, it's amazing, but it's also like this weird meta, reality folding in on itself kind of thing, because like you know I spend all my time just drawing all my free time drawing, angry teenagers, and it's been a very long time since I've been an angry teenager, and the only people who really, not the only people, but the I feel like my core audience is also many angry young teenagers. I mean, I guess they're not that angry, but they want to be angry. <laughs> <laughs> so they like, you know, they like my work for that aspect. Um, and yeah, and I feel like a lot of them, they often think I am their age. And it's like, no, I'm so much older than you. <laughs> and I actually don't really like teenagers. <laughs> <laughs> I love romanticizing them and drawing them and like, you know, agonizing over my own youth, which was pretty boring. But uh, like being actually being around teenagers is really difficult for me. <laughs> uh, Are there? I'm wondering if there's like movies um, or like books or stuff like mm -hmm. that really like a lot of these visuals like really jump out to you. Like I kind of think about like the Warriors. Oh yeah, going yeah. Through <laughs> this book. Um, I mean the movies with the. My favorite movies with like the best teen imagery are like uh like early Korean horror movies, not early like nineties um like uh the whispering corridors that's one of my favorites like I saw that I saw that in junior high in Korea, and I couldn't really understand it, but the it's uh basically the premise of the move film is that um this girl makes makes friends with another girl and they go to a Korean public school so they're wearing like the school uniforms and everything, and the one girl, uh, uh, one of the teachers, encourages the main girl, oh, don't be friends with that girl, she's like, she's bad, she's a terrible student, she's poor, her mom's a shaman. <laughs> and then it turns out that the the misfit girl is actually like a dead, she's a ghost. She's the ghost of a previously bullied student. And um, I just, at the time, I must have been like 13 and I thought it was the most beautiful story I'd ever seen in my life. Like, uh, I guess I watch it now and it, it's pretty childish, but it's, I still really love it. Like, just um, brooding teenagers all over the place, you know, co-mingled with bloody ghosts and corpses and I don't know, there's something so amazing about that to me. And um, I still really like coming of age films. Like, I think one of my favorite ones recently is, is was uh, "Let the Right One In," okay. vampire film. Yeah, I thought I thought that was so beautiful, and it's it's similar. It's about like these teens and their parents don't understand them, and they're just so lonely. They find solace in each other, and but they're also, you know, vampires, and there's violence. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think um, I've seen that one yet. Oh, it's so good! Don't watch the remake the remake watch the original is it originally korean no no actually okay. that one is uh um i think it's swedish oh, okay that would Maybe make sense like... yeah yeah <laughs> it's really really nice one of your i guess interests and it's something in which i unfortunately do not know very well is uh k-pop <laughs> and, and i was looking yes. at some k-pop videos <laughs> and i have a friend who's like fanatical mm -hmm. about k-pop um, Thanks for watching K-pop research for this interview. It's, it's very I, brave of you. <laughs> oh, I, that that to anyone video is amazing. 
Yeah. Oh my God, they're the best. They're the best pop group. Um. Yeah, I don't. I don't like all K-pop. I most K-pop. I think it's really insipid or like a lot of the girl groups. Their image is kind of built upon this like I'm so beautiful and weak, and, but I can do these crazy dance moves. But boys love me and look how vulnerable I am. And it's like I kind of hate that shit. But to anyone, they're more. You know, they're kind of more tomboys. It's it's kind of like a. It's like reminiscent of like a more childish girl power, riot girl kind of thing. I mean, it's still pop. Super, yeah, it's still pop. It's very, it's still very corporate. There's no way you could really, you could really sincerely say that these groups are truly feminist. I mean, there's, there's just no way. Um, but they still, I, I just like their strength and like, kind of how vivid and like. And visually. It's... Yeah, visually, they're just they're so fantastic. They're bright. Um, there's all these like super garish colors. Uh, I like that the music isn't. Mm, I mean, to I guess to like someone of my parents' generation, it just sounds horrible. <laughs> I like that aspect of it. it's like what is this like? Hor- what are these awful bleeps and bloops and blungs and it's just like, I I really like that. <laughs> <laughs> now the the Frontier book does it have a title? I I feel like oh, it's it just up. it's just Frontier too. We decided not to do subtitles. Okay. Yeah. Um, now tell me about the kind of the curating of the work that's specifically in that book because you have a lot more painted yeah. stuff, um, but you you choose specific work for this book. Yeah, uh, most of the work is from um, two shows I did over the summer this year in LA. One was at Giant Robot. And one was at Secret Headquarters, the comic book store mm-hmm. in Silver Lake. And um, the shows, I I was trying to just paint girl gangs. Like I just, I, I thought, why beat around the bush? This is what I want to paint, girl gangs. So I did those, and I, I picked about half of them. Half of them, I just I just wasn't happy with them. Because <laughs> I, uh, I had painted them too quickly, or I had drawn them too quickly. Mm-hmm. And But then um, half of them, I was, I was really pleased with. I... I thought they really, really, I thought I did a decent job of, like, putting down what it is that I wanted. And then the other paintings were older paintings from the last couple of years that had similar uh, content, you know, like, groups of girls sitting around and brooding, looking the, mad. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, like, uh, the, the pseudo-post-it ones are kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, those... Um, yeah, I don't even remember why I painted those. I think I might have been really broke and I needed money, so I was like, I'm going to do tiny paintings and sell them really quickly. But they, you know, they turned out pretty good. Like, I did these little gouache portraits of just, like, straight on... They were just straight on portraits of girls, I guess, like, uh, like kind of, like, bust figures. And, um... I don't know, I just like drawing characters who have a lot of kind of, like attitude but they're not necessarily expressing it like they're not doing anything they're just sitting there but you know certain really admirable people when you're young or when I was young people I admired most were the people who just looked cool doing nothing (laughs) (laughs) they could just sit there and they they looked so like I just admired the shit out of them and they weren't doing anything they were just layabouts but they just looked super cool and I always wanted that for myself but I could never achieve it because I just uh I was like a really high anxiety, stressed out nerd child, and I looked like that, and I still look like that. <laughs> um, so like, I think the drop paintings are like, you know, that's like my, it's almost like my physical ideal, like what I would love to look like. I want, I want to exude like this sultry confidence, but not necessarily seductive. Um, just more like, more an attitude of I don't give a fuck. You can yeah. approach me. Or you can't, or you don't. You know, I don't. It doesn't matter one way or another. Uh, but no matter what, you fear me, and you know, I just, I just wanted to. I think everything I paint has to have that in there. Uh, those are that's the kind of person that I respect the most. The person that inspires fear without having to do anything. <laughs> um, I think I... that's. Oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. You. Well, I think the paintings in Frontier are mostly like that. Mm-hmm. 
uh, just fearful, intimidating women, young women. <laughs> yeah. In awesome costumes or awesome mm -hmm. outfits. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite paintings you did recently was the one um, with the women with the skulls on their heads. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I want to know more about that particular piece. I don't think it's in the book. No, it's not in the book. Uh, I decided not to put it in the book because it was too fantastical. I guess maybe I should describe it. It's like a bunch... It's uh, it's four women. Three of them are wearing uh, human skulls on top of their heads. Kind of like... Uh, I think I saw that particular style on in like a... like an old Japanese ghost painting. Like some certain kind of Japanese ghost wears a skull tied around its head. And then a fourth woman is wearing, just wearing a, a, cow's, a cattle skull on top of her face. And they're all wearing robes. And they're robes, and they're not wearing anything underneath. And they're all handling something that looks like a big intestine, like a big pink intestine. And um, that was, I didn't put that in the book because I, want, I wanted everyone in the book to just be kids you might see on the street. And they, they're just too surreal and fantastical. But <clears throat> that painting was actually for... A giant robot show that was curated by Mark Todd, where every artist just got an eight by eight inch square of wood, and we're just supposed to paint whatever. And I, I decided to paint. Uh, I wanted to paint, like, like a surreal, horrific vision of my own death, like you know, um, like how would I die? Being ripped apart by witches. You know, they'll go through my intestines, and it'll be cool. It's like the most metal way to die, right? <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I just wanted to draw something like that. Because I, I think at the time I hadn't really done much horror stuff in a while. And I wanted to go back to that. But not necessarily like... I don't know. I guess I just wanted to draw something creepy. Weird. And so like in, the, in that painting I imagined myself like out of frame. Just like dead. And my intestines are just all over the place. <laughs> Do, uh, does doing this horror work kind of serve a purpose for you, just to kind of get something out? Yeah, something... I yeah. I mean, I I love horror comics and horror movies, and I I think the reason I like them is because they're I don't know. Uh, I think they sort of they're like a metaphor for. Uh, just the the horridness of being of like growing up and being young and not knowing what you want or not understanding who you are or wondering why no one gets you. Um, and I feel like horror movies kind of get at the just the awfulness of being a, a teenager really well. Yeah. And I mean, not that I think actually my adulthood, but my early adulthood was much worse than my adolescence and I think horror movies kind of express that well for me not in any direct way but just um, I don't know it's I'm like in person I'm like really like very mild mannered you know if I don't know you I'm not going to yell at you um, but you know if I draw a comic about someone twisting the head off another person because of some long forgotten vengeance then it, they feel kind of like I've put, I've, I've kind of worked something out for myself. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you feel like sometimes play, people place expectations on you when they meet you? Like they expect? Oh, yeah. People always, they always say, wow, you're a lot nicer than I thought you would be. <laughs> <laughs> I guess because, you know, I only draw mean, mean kids or horror stuff. But I'm, I'm pretty polite. Uh, I can be really, I can be really sociable. Um, You've been nothing think, but polite with me. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm glad. I mean, I can also be a really huge horror, but I I have not horror horror. <laughs> 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 but I, I I'm only like that with the people I love the most. Just really terrible, but that's how it is. <laughs> um, some of the work in Frontier, um, you guys do really tight close-ups on the paintings mm -hmm. and that's I'm really interested in that like why to grab like this little bit of it and center it on on these parts or blow up this work 
Oh yeah, so that was actually more Ryan, because um, Ryan, I, Ryan actually kind of laid out the whole book for me, and I just kind of gave him some input. He would like show it to me once in a while, and I'd be like, "Oh, can you move it over, or whatever?" Or that looks great, you know, just leave it. And he, when he did the close-ups, I saw it, and at first I was, I was sort of unsure about it. Um, I thought it was a little weird, like why wouldn't you show the whole painting? But then. Um, I don't know, I kind of liked that you could see, like, the line quality or the brush quality. Something that you don't normally see when I post stuff on the internet. Because like, you can only post an image so big before it's just, like, impossible to view on a screen. Yeah. Um, and it just, it kind of, it almost presented, like, it, you know, it's like a new context. It's just, it almost looked like, made it look like a new painting. And I liked that. So I was like, yeah, let's just go with that. Now I was looking in around and I looked in your form spring mm -hmm. and you see a lot of people asking about prints mm -hmm. um, and in a time like now where it's relatively easy to do digital printing yeah. um, why the choice not to and just kind of have the book and the mini comics and just have all the stuff available for people's digital viewing on the webs uh, I think I mean, I'm not against prints. I do like making prints, but it's, it has been a while. It's... I think it's because I just get tired of certain paintings. Like, people will request specific paintings from, you know, way back when. And it's like, I'm not interested in printing that because it's old. Who cares? And I know that it's not old for everyone. Like, many people, they'll see the work for the first time. So to them, it's new. And maybe they want to print. And I'm just, like, really withholding or something. <laughs> <laughs> um... I think for me, you know, like I mentioned before, like I like to leave the past in the past, so it's yeah. hard to revisit old work and and think, okay, I'm I'm going to print this, you know, I'm going to make money off of it, and I'm going to keep looking at it, and I don't I don't want to look at it. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sick of it. Um, uh, like I I haven't really made any prints recently, more just because of uh, this job is my job has been so busy that I have a hard time remembering to do all the things that a good cartoonist should do, like making prints, mailing things out promptly, making more comics, applying to go to comic cons and stuff like that. Um, so I think that's actually more of a, the, more the reason why I haven't really made prints. But also, yeah, I just, I don't like revisiting old stuff and I don't paint enough new things to make new prints. So I, if I feel trapped almost like, ah, it's just easier to not make prints. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I hear you. I, I definitely feel like you seem like you, kind of want to keep moving on like when you're done with the work it's kind of it's past work and yeah you're looking forward to what you have next yeah i mean the only i i would feel the same way about gin and jam because it's so old i mean it's like six years old but if i didn't have that i wouldn't have like a comic to sell yeah <laughs> so it's like ah, i'll just keep reprinting that that's fine <laughs> <laughs> it's online people can see it anyways yeah whatever i'll just put it out there it's cool <laughs> <laughs> Uh, now, you were just at the Brooklyn show. Are you doing any shows in the new year at all? Or? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I actually I got a table at LA Zine Fest at oh, okay. the beginning of February, so I'll be tabling there. Um, I applied to get a table at the LA Art Book Fair. I think it's also called Printed Matter, but I haven't heard back from that yet. Oh, it's it like run by the Printed Matter store? Yeah, yeah. Okay. And then. The, the only other show I've planned so far is uh, I'll be a special guest at Cake this year. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, we, that, was, that was just confirmed. So hopefully I'm actually trying to finish a comic for that. Oh, my God. You know, I haven't finished a comic in forever, but that's something I really want to do. Um, but I won't say which one because, <laughs> you know, expectations, that's, that's stressful, man. It could just be a one-page <laughs> comic on a sheet of paper. <laughs> Here's a comic I drew on the back of this receipt. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be $20, please. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me today, Helen. Oh, no problem. It was great. Thank you. Yeah.